This is the Signal Cafe, and with this episode, we're kicking off season two of the show, where we're going to focus entirely on the world of Agile and the people that shape it. Today, we're speaking with Melissa Boggs. Melissa is the chief scrum master of Scrum Alliance, and while I first saw Melissa speak a few months back at the Global Scrum Gathering here in Austin, we also met recently at Keep Austin Agile. Melissa, welcome to the show. Hey, Jack. Thank you for having me. So cool to, to join you. Well, thank you for being here. And let's start, if you would, by telling the listeners a little bit about who you are and about Scrum Alliance. Awesome. Okay. Um, so Scrum Alliance is the largest um, certifying professional member organization for Scrum and Agile practitioners. So um, if you've heard of the Certified Scrum Master uh, certification or Certified Scrum Product Owner, we have a number of other certifications, but um, that's actually only a part of what we do. We really just serve the Scrum and Agile community at large with products, services, community. One of our biggest uh, pillars, if you will, is community. And so, um, yeah, that's what we're here for is to support people who are maybe working a little bit differently. Yeah, I think the community is huge. I, so I first um, heard you speak at the Global Scrum Gathering in Austin a few months back. And I was blown away not only by the content and the material and the opportunities and the networking, but the conversations and the community that, that was there from all over the world. It was really special. It really is. We um, we have two global gatherings a year, one in North America and one in Europe. And so I only just joined the Scrum Alliance in January of this year. So I'm still fairly new in my job, but I've been going to the gatherings in North America. I think this was my seventh one, um, just as a member of the community. And I always tell people it was my favorite week of the year. I'm also the most exhausting because I'm a bit of an introvert. So um, lots of fun. And then I would collapse at home for a couple of days from, you know, just pure connecting. <laughs> yeah. So this was your first one to kind of MC and lead. It was. Yes. Uh, for Howard and I, no, that's not true. Sorry. Howard joined in September of last year. Uh, Howard is my partner, uh, chief product owner. Um, he joined a few months before me, so I, I believe he actually had the opportunity to kick off the London gathering um, that was in Europe last in Europe, obviously, uh, at the end of last year. And so, uh, was the first time for us to do it together, though. So that was also kind of a fun and interesting undertaking. <laughs> yeah. So I want to talk more about your role as chief scrum master and how you partner with Howard. Um, and kind of y'all's role in planning and executing that event. But first, how did you come to be the chief Scrum Master of Scrum Alliance? I ask myself that question every day. <laughs> like, how, how did this happen? And how um, long has that role been a thing? Well, I'm the first also. one. So uh, oh. since January. Yeah, I'm the first ah. chief Scrum Master. Howard's the first chief product owner. Um, so I guess there's two paths there, right? There's how did the role become a thing? And then how did I come to become that role? Um, right. so as far as how the role became a thing, um, the, 
board of directors made a decision kind of mid to late last year that they really wanted to embrace the Scrum values as an organization. And they had been searching for a CEO, you know, kind of your traditional CEO for at that point, a little over a year, if I'm not mistaken, maybe a year and a half. We had had um, an interim CEO. Um, we had had another format where you know, three of the senior leaders kind of combined together to be the the interim CEO, kind of this team CEO um, concept. And they were still continuing to look for like, who's going to be this permanent CEO. And as I understand it, because of course I wasn't involved in that process, but as I understand it, they just weren't finding the right fit uh, for someone that could do this, the, the external strategic part and the internal strategic part of that job. Right. Uh, they weren't finding a cultural fit for someone who kind of had the, the knowledge, the business school knowledge, if you will. And I'm kind of using air quotes right now. Um, but also the cultural fit, you know, we're a progressive community. We work differently. We teach other companies to work differently. So we need to embody that. Um, and so that point I think is when they decided like, well, why wouldn't we just go all in and have, you know, a, a product owner in that role and a scrum master. And so, um, at that point, Howard had actually been interviewing for the CEO role and they asked him if he would be interested in kind of approaching it a little bit differently and, and being the chief product owner and then kind of launching a search for chief scrum master. Uh, so that is how, that, that is how the two roles came to be. And then that is how Howard stepped into his role. Um, in the meantime, I've been in the scrum community right around 10 years, almost 11 now. Um, I've been an active speaker, volunteer. These are my people. Like they've been my people for a really long time. I was a certified enterprise coach through Scrum Alliance, which is the highest. I'm also kind of using that in air quotes, but um, it's the most advanced coaching certification in our path. And when they announced Howard's role and they said, we're also going to be hiring a chief scrum master. I had actually just months before moved to Denver, which is right down uh, Denver and Westminster, quite close. That's where our office is. And so okay. I immediately started getting a couple of text messages from people saying, Hey, are you going to apply? <laughs> and I'll admit at first um, it was intimidating. It was, I just wasn't sure to be honest. And it took a little time, a little bit of soul searching for me to say, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to step into the fear if you will. And I love this organization. I mean, I had, I had had an opportunity at a number of occasions to actually go to the Scrum Alliance office. And also as a CEC, you kind of get to know some of the the team as well. And I just had such a big heart for them. And I wanted to be part of it. I wanted to be part of the story and do what I could to contribute. And so I threw my name in the hat and through a, a, you know, somewhat lengthy interview process. And in the end, they uh, offered me the job. That's amazing. What, 
What did you know about the job? What did the wreck look like? Did you uh, have a good idea as to what you were stepping into? Hmm. Yes and no. Um, interestingly, I was I was very proud that the of them of the board of directors that the job descriptions for both for chief product owner and chief scrum master you almost could have copy and pasted it from the scrum guide. And that was really important to me. If, if this job description was like chief scrum master, and then it was basically like chief project manager, because you know, you've seen those scrum master job descriptions that really are just PMs. Um, sure. I, yeah. Or like a COO. Right. Right. Then I would have been less interested, but what was appealing to me was that, they really were focusing in on, no, we want a coach in this role that can guide the organization to be more agile, to really embrace the scrum values and with it, you know, the practices while Howard is playing this product owner role and really focusing on what is it that we're delivering to the community and what does the community need? And so that was what drew me to it. it was It was clear that they really we're going all in. And then honestly, when I went through the interview process, I was very straightforward too. I, I said, basically, don't hire me unless this is what you actually want. Because yep. I don't know how to be a traditional CEO. And I really have no problem saying that. Like, that's not that was never my path. Um, I did, I did go to like school, I have an MBA, but I did it just to have the context, basically. Sure. And so, you know, only hire me if what you actually want in this role is a chief scrum master. You want a coach and you want someone who's really going to focus on agility in the organization and joyful, prosperous, sustainable workplace. That's what I will do. And apparently that's what they wanted because that's what they hired. So talk more about your the actual role and how you're able to use your coaching skills and, and I love your Twitter um, little blurb agile culture curator. <laughs> How are you able to really facilitate um, culture and agile principles in your role as chief scrum master? So one of the very first things that I did when I came into the organization is I kind of had a list of questions um, that I had told the board of directors, these are the questions I'm going to be asking myself in the first 90 days. These are the things I'm going to be looking out for. And I don't have it in front of me right now, but I can share a couple of them, which was that, you know, what does it look like in terms of dependence across teams? What does it look like in terms of uh, how we talk about our culture? You know, what is the language that we're using to describe our culture? Is there so much or not enough hierarchy? You know, is the hierarchy just enough to actually help us get things done rather than getting in the way. Yep. So things like that were the, the first things that I was kind of looking at. In my first 45 days or so, I had one-on-one -on -one conversations with every single person in the organization, which it's not that big, but we were almost 50 at that point. And those are some of the things I was listening for. Um, I was listening for individuals who had a whole lot of potential but we're maybe um, not able to unleash all of that potential. And 
So as I'm, I'm having these conversations and I'm just kind of watching how it works, part of my role is to understand the organizational design and whether or not that is helping us or, you know, preventing us from seeking other opportunities and being closer to the customer. Uh, so that's one of the first things that I did. Um, in April of this year, we reorganized into six community-centric cross-functional teams. We're still working through that right now in that, you know, we're still learning how to be teams this way, but each team has marketing, IT, support, education. I'm missing one. Membership. And so every voice is heard in that team as opposed to departments where those discussions were like this department to that department and then to the next one. And so, you know, part of my role was to really understand that and design an organization that could listen really closely to our community and then move quickly when they heard something that was important. And so we're still working toward that. It's not perfect. It's not, um, you know, people, people actually approach me when they hear about it and say, oh, I want to write a case study about it. And I'm like, we are not there yet. <laughs> we are not declaring success yet. We're still working through it. But there there have been a lot of really cool outputs from that and outcomes of some of those people who now have a voice and are able to do things they couldn't have done before. That's so cool. How big is your team? So right now, I think we're at about 46. So, you know, it's not a huge company. We're a not-profit, not-for-profit membership organization. So we're not, we're never going to be hundreds and hundreds of people, but probably sure. about 40, 46 to 48 right now. And, but so those 40 some odd people are split across six scrum teams. Correct. And you and Howard are the scrum master and product owner for one of those six. No, we are the scrum master and product over product owner over the entire I say over, it's not over, supporting the entire organization. So each of those scrum teams has their own scrum master and product owner. Okay. Okay. So talk about then that relationship. That's, that's super interesting. Um, how, what does your, I guess, what does your day-to-day -day role kind of look like? And then how do you interact with each of those six teams? Great question. So my day-to-day -day role is a mix of things, right? It's a mix of the coaching and also the CEO part. So I do some very straightforward things like approve invoices and, <laughs> um, and, you know, have conversations about holiday parties in December, those very CEO type things. Um, but there's some very, I can't find the word. It's not mundane, but you know, very operational things. You can put it that way. Sure. Um, but then the other piece of my job is just really supporting those scrum masters, um, having a long-term plan for what we want the organization to look like inside in the next, say, three years. We're also currently planning a move into a new building. And so part of my role is to design that space. And I am not an interior designer. <laughs> but That's amazing. Um, I I've always found it super interesting. A um, couple of different organizations I've worked with uh, when I was doing consulting, I found 
people in roles, whether it's CEO or COO or CIO, doing major office moves and office redesigns. <laughs> and I think that that's such an interesting task to be tasked with that that would blow my mind. Sorry to sidetrack, and we don't need to go down this oh, path, no. but I just think that's so admirable and so cool um, to tackle something as difficult as that. Sure. And and trust me, we have consultants and we have people who do interior design. And But what I know best in those conversations is the agile values. And I know how we work. And yep. we also host, uh, from time to time, we'll host training. So um, we don't directly deliver training, but let's say there's a CST in the area who wants to do a Cal class. Um, we will allow them to use our space and have a public class. And so it's also, you know, how do we design the training space for how scrum trainings work as opposed to, you know, it's, it's probably not going to be classroom style. It's going to have a lot more ability for people to, you know, break out into sessions. They need to have room to walk around and put post-it notes on flip charts because that's how we roll. And so, you know, we have interior designers for whom, you know, this is their job. And my role is just to kind of say like, well, here's how we use the space. And also here's, you know, it's a big piece of your culture is the space that you set up. It should really reflect your values and it should reflect what you want to be as a company. And so it was funny because when we first met with the designers and we had like rows you know, these rows of cubicles on the plan. And I said, I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> um, we're weird here and we need our desk to be weird too. And so I, she kind of got a kick out of that. It was laughing at me a little bit, but it was just, you know, we needed more almost circular pods so that teams can like, I can have my own desk, but all I have to do is turn around and talk to everyone else. And so, um, it's just been fun. It's been neat to have the opportunity to wrap our values into how it looks from scratch from the very beginning. So you said something interesting. You said what we want to be right as a company. Mm -hmm. So um, when you joined, how, <clears throat> how was Scrum Alliance exhibiting the real principles of Agile and how is how is that being done today? Has there been, you know, growth over the last six months? And then also kind of what, what do you want to be when you grow up in terms of a company, right? Um, what, what does the future look like? So I tell everyone that we all say it, right? That becoming more agile is a journey. And this is an organization that grew very quickly. So I want to say even as recent as about two and a half years ago, they were probably at like 15 people. So we have grown, you know, proportionally, we've grown very fast. Um, when I joined, I would say that there were pockets of agility where you know, we see that a lot when I was consulting as well. Like there's teams that yep. are more agile than others, but we, and, and they had certainly made progress in becoming more agile as an organization. But there was a lot of traditional aspects of the organization. And there was a lot of hierarchy that 
by the way, is not easy to come back from. <laughs> and, yeah. and I believe that everyone at that organization was doing the best that they could with what had been put in front of them. So I just want to be really clear about that. Like they had come down the journey, but we had never had a full-time agile coach on staff until I was there. Um, and it's hard to even call me full-time, right? Because I also have these kind of CEO duties, but, um, so there just hadn't been someone who said like, let's go all in on this. And so I hope that that's what I have brought to the table is a willingness to kind of step into, I said earlier about joining, but like stepping into the fear and saying right. this could go terribly wrong. <laughs> I don't think it will. I'm pretty certain it won't because I've seen it work in other organizations, but um, they had done a number of experiments with these cross-functional teams before I got there. So they had these teams called initiative teams that would come together and they were cross-functional, but the department still existed and the cross-dependency still existed. And so those initiative teams could only go so far before they got pulled back again. Um, but when I saw that that had already been done and it was relatively successful, uh, I'd actually say it was really successful given the constraints that they had. That's when we just said, I don't think that there's any way to incrementally do this. And we really tried. Like um, I and some of the coaches that do work with us looked at different ways to kind of, how can we kind of pilot something and then let it grow? And it just became obvious, like, in our particular situation, which is not the case for everyone, but in our situation, really, we felt the best approach was to just go all in. And so the progress since then, um, since April, has been, I don't want to overdraw it, but I have been impressed and, and thrilled with the progress that we've made because now the entire company is using scrum. We have sprint reviews, we have sprint retrospectives, we have sprint planning, um, in, in our separate teams to be clear. So we're not all coming together for all of those things, but, right. but it's actually scheduled at the same time. So on sprint planning day, the whole organization, I wouldn't say disappears, but like the teams are in different rooms and they're doing sprint planning and right around the same time, everyone kind of breaks and comes back to their desks. And so it's neat to be in that cadence together. Um, we do have an all company sprint review right now because we're still learning how to present in a sprint review and to ask for feedback and to solicit that feedback. Um, in time, those will become sprint reviews to our community and we'll be inviting, you know, different people from the community to come and give feedback. So, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled. We just finished our fifth sprint as a company and kicked off our sixth sprint on Wednesday. So the progress that we have made certainly surprised Howard and I, because we were very prepared for, we don't really know how to do this. So the first few sprints are probably not going to produce a whole lot. You know, we've all seen that, but they, they impressed us. They definitely um, delivered things to our community that had been on a list for a long time. 
So it's been a really neat thing to see. And honestly, like in a way it has nothing to do with Howard and I, which is very cool. You know, we created the environment for it to happen, but they're the ones that are making it happen. I feel like the net. So I hear you talking about six scrum teams across the organization doing a combined sprint review. So I have to ask um, about kind of scaling, right? And I didn't, I guess I didn't realize this, but I just checked on the scrumalliance.org website. I see scrum at scale and large scale scrum is kind of like the two blessed scaling methodologies. Is that, is that accurate? Um, so we are a nonprofit and all, all we do is say, here are some options. Sure. Um, we do have, uh, Scrum at Scale is actually a joint venture for us with Scrum Inc. So okay. it was our way of, um, kind of being, um, trying to find the right word. Um, I don't know, bringing down some of the walls and going into yeah. something with another organization in our space. Um, but we also do have a relationship with large scale scrum. So with both, we, we have a relationship, but we also say, you know, organizations need to understand the options and decide what's best for their organization. Absolutely. And so scrum at scale and less are those not-for-profit organizations or are those for-profit organizations? They are both for-profit organizations. Okay. Um, and do y'all follow one or the other internally or do y'all kind of borrow best practices from both or are y'all not really at the level with six teams that you, that you feel a, a real need for a formal way of scaling or bringing it together? Um, so that's kind of a two-part, I'll give you a two-part answer. Um, I would say we are not formally using any scaling structure right now. And we're using Scrum. Like right. at the end of the day, we're using Scrum. I think that there has been such an emphasis on these scaling frameworks. And, and for many organizations, that makes sense. But we're 48 people. Totally. And so, yeah. you know, we're still at that point that we could... Um, that we can still communicate. We can still work across teams when I need to, when we want to do some sort of like story mapping session, there are a few of us enough that we can just come in one big room and put up a bunch of flip charts. Um, now I will say in time as, as the teams on an individual level are maturing, they're starting to identify, Hey, we need we need more opportunities to kind of look at the strategy and view the lens, sorry, view the strategy through the lens of our team and our community. Um, when I said earlier that the teams are community centric in a way that's almost like personas. And okay. so, you know, each of them has a specific group of people that they are focusing on. So they'll say like, Hey, we need to come together and look at the strategy through the lens of our community and then across the communities and, and kind of understand that. And so as those things start to come up, you know, some of the elements from 
any number of the scaling frameworks certainly pop up for me. You know, I've worked with almost all of them in my coaching career, but I don't want to be married and say like dogmatically that we have to do anything but scrum. You know, we're doing, we're using scrum and even that in time, not to go on a tangent, but in time, really, I just want the organization to be agile. So in time, if we decide that, Hey, for this particular team, scrum is and wholesale scrum is not right. Or we want to, you know, add or replace some elements with other things. I'm certainly open to that. Um, I did want them to experience it first. I did want us to understand what our community is feeling by actually experiencing it in a scrum team. But in time, that could change as well. So it's evolving. It's ever evolving. And to pretend that it's not and say, we're just going to plug and play this particular framework, I don't think in our situation would be wise. Yeah. And I think that that's where a lot of organizations have problems trying to adopt like rigor and a lack of flexibility and a lack of adaptability to further agile. I mean, that just seems like an oxymoron, right? <laughs> right. And it is. And say, in that, pursuit of agility. <laughs> right. Yeah. We have to follow <laughs> this process um, to a T. Um, I feel like there's such divisiveness in like every time I see posts on social media or blogs about these different scaling methodologies, I see such um, really like heated debate and, and it, but these are all professionals. So, so they're really <laughs> like intellectual debates and, and impassioned debates. It's not like the rest of uh, social media arguments, but um, what are your thoughts in general on the current state of Scrum or, or really Agile in general being adopted by these larger organizations or even you know government organizations in the military? And what do you think that looks like? What are your – it's a big question. It's a big kind of vague generality. But um, <laughs> just talk a little bit about that if you would. Um, and, and so, you know, what's going right and what's going wrong? Sure. Um so when I speak about Agile, um, I don't ever talk about capital A Agile, right? To me, yep. Agile is an adjective and specifically, I think about this like a movement, right? This is the Agile movement that we are a part of. And what I see is something I've actually been very curious to just jump into research about. Um, but you know, I have this new job. It's kind of keeping me busy. Um, but I really would like to do some research about just other social movements and how ours does or does not reflect, you know, what some of these other social movements have looked like. Um, because what I see is, you know, when I first joined the community going on 11 years ago, it was already at that point, probably nine years old, or at least nine years since the manifesto signing, keeping in mind that all the frameworks existed before. Um, but nine years since it became kind of this movement and nobody had heard of it. Um, you know, my husband used to make fun of me when I would talk about scrum because, you know, the word is a weird word. And 
I look back now and it's, you know, my husband's actually a, an agile educator who uses Scrum in his classroom. And so if, if my family and my home is just a microcosm of how far we've come, <laughs> then, um, right. then that tells you something. But with that also comes, you know, hey, it's become more mainstream. And with anything that becomes more mainstream, there are varying levels of engagement with the actual core or root of where it came from. And I think you see that in lots of things, right? And so you have some people who the Agile Manifesto, or sorry, the Manifesto for Agile Software Development um, is the Bible. And it's, you know, it's almost religious for them. And, and I must admit, I'm probably not far from being one of those people. Um, and then you have all the way up to, you know, these large consultancies who hire and hire out consultants who maybe hadn't even heard about it six months ago. And so, and those are the extremes. So I am not saying that all consultancies are bad and all big consultants are bad. It's just those are the like far extremes of, of what it is now. And right. I don't, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because Howard and I both have a, a very much a spirit of abundance and not scarcity. We very much believe that the more that people just know that there's a different way of working and hear about it, then there's opportunity, you know, for us, for us as a whole community, not just us Scrum Alliance to bring them closer. But if they don't ever even hear about it, then, you know, that's just untapped potential. And so I love, I love what you just said. Um, about, you know, I guess, and what you said wasn't cynical, but I, I have a tendency to sometimes be cynical. And so what I was thinking, I was imagining this scenario where this huge company, uh, not very agile, right? Um, small A, signs a $5 million SOW with a, you know, big three consulting company. And maybe the consultants that are put on this gig are not super experienced, not, um, you know, may not have all of the experience and, and principles at heart when it comes to agile. That being said, it's still $5 million being put toward agility, right? It's still um, an effort. So what you said was, it's not always a bad thing, even in some of these scenarios where it's not ideal. And I think that there's a lot of truth to that. And I think that it's like recognizing that, that there's this movement, like you said, where in some areas it's being done better than others and in some organizations is being done better than others and some consultancies are doing it better than others, but it's still this movement and every dollar spent on trying to become more agile, small a, you know, they're going to get closer to it, or at least I like to be hopeful about that. Um, right. and I think that's really cool. I mean, there's certainly, I, I won't pretend like there aren't instances where that is damaging for individual organizations, but you know, where what they are introduced to is not agile at all. Um, and so I can't lie and say that that doesn't worry me sometimes, but what I, 
what I try to think about is that a movement like this isn't isn't actually about changing one organization, even Scrum Alliance, right? It's not about changing Scrum Alliance. A movement, especially a social movement like this, is about changing individual minds one at a time. And so what always kind of brings me back to center as a coach is one of my earliest, I was actually a full-time coach on staff with an organization. And I ended up leaving the organization because there was such a divide. They literally called me or called us the church of scrum. And I was apparently like the head of the church of scrum. And then there was these other people who were so adamantly against it that I came to a place where I was like, you know what? Like I'm actually hurting the organization by continuing this war. And like the other people in the organization were not budging either. And one of us has to say like, look, we just need to pick a way of working and I'll be the one that just says, okay, I'll go. And you know, you can pick the other way of working. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. What's important is that people decide on something and work together for that. Right. So the place that that goes though, and the, where it ties back to kind of talking about the movement is that I left that organization went to another one, went to an amazing organization where we did some really cool stuff. And in my mind, I had kind of failed, right? In my mind, in that first organization, like I left, I quit, I failed. And then I started getting like Twitter messages or LinkedIn messages from individuals who had gone on to other companies as well and taken what we had done with them to the other organizations. And those organizations were changing. And that was a huge epiphany to me that if we really believe in the values and principles of this, then it's not about winning at that one organization. If I can plant seeds with people and their lives become better, and then they go on and make other people's lives better, that's what this is really about. And in the end, those organizations that are digging in their heels eventually are not going to have a choice because the, the other organizations, decision. right? Like the other organizations are going to overtake them. And I think actually, I mean, that would have been like eight or nine years ago for me. I think we are starting to see some of that happening, right? Um, where the more agile organizations are kind of starting to take more, uh, stand up to their full posture in a way. And yeah. so that was a huge epiphany for me. And it's really helped me to not get discouraged because it just, it's about the bigger picture. So, I love that. It, it really is about the hearts and minds of people. It, it's a business decision for a lot of organizations and there are business results. But I think the most compelling narratives and like the best stories are just those where teams and individuals um, get more out of their everyday work. And it's more rewarding and it's more fulfilling. And these new ways of working are just more enjoyable. Absolutely. And, and when you have enough of those individuals and teams, then suddenly the organization is changed. But, you know, if you just, if you're just looking at it, like I have to win, I have to win by making this organization more agile, then it's not going to work. 
That's cool. Thank you for sharing. I love that. You're welcome. So what does the future of Agile look like? And more specifically, what does the future of Scrum Alliance look like? Or how much can you share? <laughs> no, I mean, so all of this, again, is from my perspective as Chief Scrum Master. I am sure that Howard would have, you know, not a different answer, but like a complimentary answer. Um, sure. But for me, I want to see Scrum Alliance be kind of that shining beacon on the hill, right? The the agile organization that people can look to and not because I've won the organization like we we're just talking about, but because one by one, the, the organization or the individuals and the teams can find their light. And then, wow, I just sound really like hippie right now, but you know, I love it. I love it. You're rolling their light and all of those lights come together. And then, you know, I, we help people, as an organization, we support the community and helping organizations. And I want those people in the community to be able to point back at us and say, they took a lot of risks. It was really challenging, but they come out on the other side of it and are continuing down their journey. And so one by one, you know, I've seen our team members find their footing and spread their wings and do things that they hadn't done before and have opportunities that they hadn't had before. And if I can do that and kind of impact each one of them, then, then we become that organization. Um, I think that the more that we can really lean into those values, you know, the scrum values and the agile values, the better off we're going to be. And the more that people have something to look to and are excited about, you know, kind of seeing. And for that reason, actually, I'll plug a little bit here. We, Howard and I have been documenting the journey. So we have a, a blog site, if you will, on scrumalliance.org slash unscripted. And how do you spell that? Unscripted, U-N-S-C-R-I-P-T-E-D. And so we write blogs. We do Facebook live. Um, just this week we had a board meeting in Ann Arbor at Menlo innovations and we did a Facebook live from Menlo. Um, just kind of talking about what's going on with us. We want people to be in, in the journey with us. So, um, and anytime that we do a podcast like this one, will probably end up being linked from there. Um, anytime we do a podcast or anything talking about the organization's journey, then we link it from there as well. And so we want people to be able to follow and see that it's not always easy and yet it is worth it. That's, it seems like what y'all are doing is so authentic and I, I love, I, I haven't checked out the unscripted um, part of the scrumalliance.org website, but I certainly will. Um, the lights coming together description or metaphor is exactly <laughs> what I experienced at the global scrum gathering. And the first day I went to like nonstop sessions. The second day, um, 
was the open spaces. There's a real focus on open spaces. I did a lot of those. And then the third day, A, I was pretty exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'm in a bit of an introvert as well. So, so two days of sessions in open spaces was super exhausting. But I had an opportunity to speak with several individuals. Um, and it was just so inspiring. And so one of those individuals partic- uh, specifically um, spoke of making a huge life change and a huge career change, moving across the globe um, from Singapore to Canada to make a better cultural life, a better um, better life for, for he and his family. And it was kind of done on a whim or not on a whim. It was done with a lot of forethought, but, but it was done without um, knowing exactly what this gentleman was going to do in Canada. And through his connections um, in the agile community, and also just through talking to people about scrum and about agile, when he arrived in Canada, he was able to almost immediately find a community there and find opportunity there to do what he really loved, which was building agile communities in organizations and making organizations more agile or helping um, organizations become more agile. So I just, I think that uh, the description of lights coming together really played out for for this gentleman in his life and and I saw it play out over the course of the 3 days at Global Scrum Gathering. So, there's really neat things going on in the movement. That makes me so happy. Um, yeah, I mean, for me personally, I I'm sure you heard me say on the first day that like literally that 3-day conference can change your life and you know, it sounds like a Tony Robbins thing to say, but it's not because of me and Howard at all. It's, it's the firewalking. Yes, it's the firewalking. It's the for sure. Um, but it's just from the people that you meet. Like I've, you know, I have a num- number of other communities in my life, if you will. Like my daughter's in theater, and there's you know a, a theater community, and they're wonderful people, and also very supportive. And there's a lot of similarities actually, but this community is people that just want to help other people. Like that's why we do what we do. And so when it comes to helping one of their own, they, they swarm. (laughs) And so, you know, literally these three days could change your life. They, they change mine. I mean, it was definitely, there's a scrum gathering, I would say six years ago, five years ago that changed the trajectory of my career. And so I got a little choked up when I was on stage because um, those people that I was referring to were actually sitting at the tables pretty close to the front. And I mean, they changed my life. They helped me find my confidence. They helped me discover my own potential. And all because we kind of accidentally ran into each other at my very first scrum gathering ever. And there I was, you know, awkwardly kicking off the global scrum gathering and those people were there. And so I just thought about all of the other folks who were brand new and who had never been there before and the potential for that 
you know, and sometimes changing your life is big, like it was for me. And sometimes it's small, but it's so meaningful. Um, and sometimes one snowballs into the other. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just so grateful for this community and I couldn't, I couldn't do well at my job if I didn't have people in this community that I could lean on and, and seek counsel from. Well, I think you did an incredible job in seeing and thank you so much. It, it really is all about the people and I can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing your story and just sharing so much about your experiences and about Scrum Alliance and about Agile in general. Is there anything else you'd like to say to the listeners before we sign off? Mm. Well, definitely follow us on scrumalliance.org slash unscripted because if you like my rambling and <laughs> um, there's a lot of laughter, especially on our Facebook lives. But um, yeah, I mean, we've got a long way to go and I'm really excited that we're able to share it. So I really encourage everyone to, to join us there. Um, you can also tweet to at Hummingbird Agility. So it's actually H-M-N-G bird agility that's my twitter handle i'm super active on twitter um, and howard is at howard sublet so we're pretty easy to find especially on twitter um but yeah i'm i really appreciate the invite jack i've had really a lot of fun talking to you and um i hope to actually see you at our next one yes yes i will certainly introduce myself um <laughs> also i'll link out to all your socials and to scrumalliance.org and the unscripted at scrumalliance.org forward slash unscripted. Thank you so much. Look forward to meeting you in person and have a wonderful Friday and have a wonderful weekend. Same. Thank you. You've been listening to The Signal Cafe and our interview with Melissa Boggs. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, check out the show notes page on our site, signal.cafe, for more information about Melissa and where to find her and Scrum Alliance and other links and resources that we talked about during the interview. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us and give us a review on iTunes. Um, and stay tuned for another episode coming soon. Thanks again. Adios. Bye.